This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Yesterday, we got the details for the gradual reopening of the economy. Garden centers open tomorrow, hardware stores on Saturday, and on Monday, all stores with a street door can open for curbside pickup only. Now, I have to tell you, I, for one, am looking forward to the day when I can shop again. What about you? Numbers to call? 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Of course, gardening and hardware, you know, this is a great time to get your home in shape, to get your garden in shape. So I'm sure a lot of people will take advantage of that. Uh, garden centers need that cash. Uh, they're only going to be allowed to have a few people at a time. So I'm sure it's going to be reduced revenue. So all of this, and then there's that curbside pickup. It's a start, but is it enough to keep small businesses afloat? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I'm joined by Ryan Malo, Director of Provincial Affairs at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Hello, Ryan. Hello, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being with us. So first of all, your reaction to yesterday's announcement. So this is a, a very positive step in the right direction. We're very pleased that uh, garden centers will be allowed to be fully open as of tomorrow. Curbside pickup was a, a bit of a challenge for them when customers are used to being able to walk through and see the plants that they're buying. So that's a positive. And of course, the same for hardware stores getting back to a sense of normalcy. Uh, and it's very encouraging to see that uh, Ontario uh, Minister Fideli and Premier Ford listened to small retailers and have opened up curbside pickup. That was one of the uh, constant issues that we were hearing across the province. There was a lot of uh, frustration about not being able to do that in Ontario, where most other provinces were allowing it. Um, and this will not only open up a, a revenue opportunity that was previously not available to them, but also creates a lot of certainty in the compliance side of things. I know there's a number of businesses out there who were pretty confused about whether or not they can offer curbside. They now know for certain as of uh, Monday, May 11th, as long as they have a street-level entrance, they absolutely can offer it. Uh, let me ask you this. What kind of businesses will this benefit? Because to my way of thinking, curbside, benefit, uh, curbside pickup is all well and good, but you have to have some kind of online, uh, a decent online presence so people know what they're buying, or, or am I missing something? So an online presence will be on online presence will be important. Um, there's also the option to do telephone orders, and we do we do recommend that everybody who's listening, if you've got a a favorite local store and you're not sure if they're open or not, give them a call. I'm sure they'll be thrilled to hear from you, and they can tell you about hours and procedures and what they've got going on. Um, but but marketing it is going to be a challenge. I mean, you're not going to have that sort of normal street traffic that you're used to. It is sort of going to be a for lack of a better term, sort of appointment only. Uh, style of shopping. And there are, of course, a number of questions, too, around uh, not being able to try things on, how any return policies might work, which I know is a, a big question mark right now. 
as well as what to do about any lineups that may form. Because, of course, especially in Toronto, a lot of businesses are very close together. And if you have too many people running down the line, you could you could impact the whole street. So there are there are still some kinks to work out in the system. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, your your bookstores, your uh, your shoe stores, your jewelers, sort of your your local Main Street retailers are the ones that uh, stand to benefit most because, again, this was this was a revenue channel that previously wasn't open to them. Yeah, I mean, it just again, it, it's it's hard to see for some of them. You know, if you you have, you know, your your local small clothing retailer and you can't try anything on, well, I'm not sure how much uh, that helps. And it's interesting that you mentioned the lineup because I live uh, near a stretch of of St. Clair West, and some of the stores that were allowed to open only did so with a lineup. I'm thinking of the fish store and the meat store. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, and some of those lineups were pretty big. So I'm wondering if that will impact, uh, you know, the stores next to them if once they're opening up. Yeah, it's going to be a question mark. And as, as much as it's a question for the province, this is also very much a question for the city and any municipal government, um, with local bylaw enforcement. I know Mayor Tory has been pretty clear in Toronto about, uh, social distancing and, you know, who, who you can stand close to and who you cannot. Um, so they are going to need to watch that closely and hopefully provide a little bit of clarity before Monday uh, as far as what what people, customers can and can't do, but also what the requirements are for business owners. I mean, we know that when it comes to things like uh, smoking in a doorway or uh, clearing snow, the business owner is often responsible for the, the sidewalk in front of their business. Is that going to be the same case when it comes to managing lines of customers, or is that something that local enforcement is going to be taking on? Well, and the other question I have, there don't seem to be rules about, say, mask wearing. Uh, and, and even in supermarkets, you see they're all over the map. There's some, there are a couple of supermarkets that, that uh, mandate mask wearing either by their workers or by customers or both, some that don't. Uh, so what's the situation with that? Yeah, so I would recommend any retailer who's opening up to get uh, for curbside pickup to get very acquainted with the uh, government's uh, health and safety guidelines on curbside pickup. Uh, there is a specific document on it as one of the 65 they released uh, last week. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of the recommendations, right? Like it, it's not mandating anything necessarily, but it does recommend things like making sure you have hand sanitizer on site for employees that interact with customers, make sure that you know, employees are washing their hands. If you happen to sneeze or cough, you know, go wash your hands right away. Sort of those sort of a lot of common sense safety measures, but some of them come with a, a procurement or a cost. Hand sanitizer is not the easiest thing to get right now. Um, similar with, with masks. So it, it really is going to fall onto the business about what they are most comfortable with, but with the understanding that they do have the responsibility to ensure that they are uh, providing a safe and healthy workplace. Okay, let's uh, take a couple of calls. We've got Lucas in Newmarket. Hi, Lucas. Yeah, hi, hi, Libby. Um, informative show. I've been on my knees for two weeks laying marble in a bathroom, and I only can get an AM radio uh, down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know St. Clair West. I run a micro-corporation, and I've been on the heels of uh, Trudeau, uh, Moreau, um, Sheer, I've been writing emails to these members of parliament because a T4 is the only qualification, a T4 summary is the only qualification for the Canadian emergency benefit, uh, you know, uh, bank account. And yet many small corporations hire 
subcontractors. They don't have people on payroll. They're a corporation of one person like myself, and their accountants for tax purposes say, pay yourself a dividend, which is a T5. And I have talked to, to the, I, I, I bank with the Bank of Montreal. I sent an email to the bank. Uh, the head of small business banking for Ontario, you know, had a discussion with me on the phone. And he said, we have many people contacting us with this same question, but we are at the mercy of the federal government to change the rules. And so they changed the rules for many small corporations like myself as well with the Canadian emergency benefit. I mean, at first you had to have a doctor's note to get it and you had to have COVID-19 and not be able to work. Well, they had to, of course... Get a little bit okay, more Lucas, you know, so outside do you have the a, box. Do you have a question? Uh, you know, I don't understand why the governments are not seeing that corporations pay different types of paychecks to different types of members of their corporation in order to function in Canada. Okay, I'm going to ask uh, Ryan to respond to that because I'm sure he's had similar questions. Ryan? Absolutely. It's our top priority when it comes to the Canada Emergency Business Account right now is is getting business owners like like the caller recognized. It's been a huge problem for sole proprietors uh, in particular, um, but it's also been a, a significant problem for uh, anyone who is who is unincorporated or or uh, hiring contract workers. It's it's been a barrier, and there are many businesses that are not able to access that account that we feel should be. Um, I feel. I feel the call. Are you talking about the CERB? Or are you talking about the uh, the the business uh, the business uh, help? The bank loan. Yeah. The bank loan. It's it's it was great when the government expanded the the payroll eligibility that helped a lot of businesses. But the number one issue we're hearing on it right now is is the exact issue the caller raised. Is, you know, a business owner that's not got a T four summary but is paying themselves on dividends um, isn't isn't able to apply for it. And it's it is a helpful loan. We know it's a popular program amongst our membership. Um, so we'd like to see as many business owners uh, have access to it as possible. And on the government side, I will note uh, the thing we hear constantly from members is uh, governments seem to have a, a very difficult time understanding the realities of running a small business. Well, it, uh, you know, constant frustration. I have to say, Ryan, I'm reminded uh, a couple of years back now, the government backed off, but they were trying to, uh, you know, basically change the rules for small businesses that are organized like that. Yes, they yes, wanted to tax them. They were saying they were tax cheats. So perhaps, you know, we think some of these things are inadvertent falling through cracks things, but, but maybe that's a hangover from their view of businesses that were organized in this way. I mean, we, we certainly hope not. But again, we are, uh, we were out with a, a release again this week, and that is a, a constant thing we're pushing to government to make sure that they are recognizing all kinds of small business owners uh, and how they're uh, corporate structure is set up so that they all have access. Because again, they all contribute to the economy. They they employ, they pay taxes, uh, and you know I would argue that losing one because of COVID was losing one too many. We got to make sure as many of these guys are able to survive, and that means as many of them as possible have access to the broadest number of programs possible. Okay, let's hear from Christine in Mississauga. Hi, Christine. Hello. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. Oh, hi. I just had a question. I think it's uh, um, very good that they're opening up the uh, small stores that have outdoor access. Um, it'll be great for all the people that live in that type of community, mostly in the city. I live in Mississauga Street, so uh, we have very few little stores like shoe stores, jewelry stores, etc. Um, and we mostly go to the big malls. So I'm I'm pretty concerned that it's going to be a very long time before the big malls open, and how will they ever do that? 
I'm I'm I I mean I I don't I don't know. I know that in some malls, some the the biggest stores seem to have a, a street door. Uh, well, no. Well, yes, except um, they're not going to be open right now. Correct. Well, I I think it's up to them. If the, I'm going to let Ryan answer, I'm not sure. Oh, okay, but, okay. But the department mm-hmm. stores, right in the malls, the, right. the anchors, they have uh, street. Well, I guess it's also a matter if they interpret a door onto the parking lot as street. So okay. uh, I shouldn't speak too soon, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to let you go, Christine, and, okay. and let Ryan answer. Do you know, Ryan? It, it is going to come down to interpretation. I know uh, malls, malls were excluded from the, the announcement when it came to uh, curbside. That being said, you're right. There are a lot of stores and malls that do have a, a street level or outward facing door. Um, we're not sure at this point what it means. It is something that we are uh, seeking clarity on heading into Monday. Okay, but here's the, you know, I guess the big question for everyone, Ryan, is that uh, a th- you say that a third of your members have experienced a 90 to 100% drop in revenue. Uh, and the question is, is whatever they can pick up with, with curbside, aside from the few stores that can open fully, is that going to be enough to help them stay in business? I think it's a start, but I, I think that we'd be, we'd be nuts to say that, that that's enough and we can sort of stop here or hold here for a, a prolonged period of time. I mean, realistically, for, for a business to uh, be viable, they need to be fully operational. Um, and we, we're just not at that right now. Um, and that's not to say that uh, we think the premier should rush it. You know, it, this is an important health issue. The last thing we want to see is another spike that brings that full essential uh, businesses list back. That would be devastating for business owners. Um, so we want to make sure that it's done uh, cautiously, but also that it's done quickly. And as we... As we gear up towards it, and even as we do start to see, you know, full reopenings in multiple sectors, it's also why we need to make sure that existing government programs uh, are continued or are extended to make sure that businesses have the support they need. And as we see new issues pop up, be it lack of consumer confidence or uh, uh, supply chain issues, that additional government measures are taken. I think that when it comes to uh, government supports and programs, we're maybe at the end of the beginning of COVID, and there's still uh, a long road to go uh, on on those programs and, and what business owners are going to need to make sure they're able to survive and get the economy uh, back up to where it was before this started. Well, and, and again, even when they come back, they're going to be able to have fewer customers in the store and, and all of that. Um, uh, I mean, are, are you projecting that there will still be a large number of businesses that won't make it through this? I think so. And it's, it's really difficult for us to tell right now because, of course, nothing is fully open. The lights being out when you walk down the street is not, uh, not uncommon uh, at this point. But, I mean, my, one of my biggest fears is if you were to flip the switch tomorrow and say everything is back open, that when I walk down my main street, you know, a whole lot of the businesses that I'm used to being there won't be, any, be there anymore because they sort of quietly went bankrupt. Um, so it, it is a big concern. And, again, it reinforces why we need to make sure that uh, we're careful about reopening the economy, but also uh, determined to do it, to get it back to its full potential, and that as we wait to get there, that we have the government programs in place to make sure that these businesses are, are able to, to make it to full recovery. Okay. Ryan Malo, Canadian Federation of Independent Business, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.